the Lord put on my heart to begin the year to talk about his blessings. Everybody wants to enjoy the blessings of God. Let me just give a little definition. First of all, when we talk about God's blessings, it's his favor, his provision, and his protection. Those are the three basic areas of his blessings. And I also want to share with you, really, there are two types of blessings. First of all, there's what I call the covenant blessings. In the Old Testament, they were under the Abrahamic covenant. And so they enjoyed the covenant of Abraham. All the blessings that went with the covenant of Abraham. They enjoyed that. Today, you and I are under the covenant of the Lord Jesus Christ. A new covenant. A better covenant. And that covenant, that covenant relationship produces blessings because of that relationship. And so we enjoy covenant blessings. The other kind of blessings, and I've talked about this before in sermons past, and that is what I call transferred or imputed blessings. There are many incidences in the Bible where they lay hands on people and bless them. To bless the people, to bless your children, to bless your grandchildren, to lay hands, the spoken word and the hands laid, a type of transferred or imputed blessings. But today, I'm not going to talk about the transferred or the imputed blessings. I want to talk about covenant blessings. And when I think about covenant blessings, the one story that jumps out at me is King Saul. Now, King Saul was a Jew, and as a Jew, he was enjoying covenant blessings of Abraham. And God chose him put a calling, an anointing to be a leader, a king over his people. Two different things, anointing or calling and blessings, two different things. So God calls Saul to be the king of Israel. And something that is so stark of a reminder to us that I want you to get this in your heart, you can squander the blessings of God. Saul did. The jealousy and bitterness, jealousy turned into bitterness toward David, and his heart became embittered and angry and and filled with rage, and he tried to kill David, so jealous of him. When he walked in that jealousy and bitterness, he walked outside of God's way. He lost the blessings of God. So much so, you can see it in 1 Samuel 28. It's kind of a powerful passage. You think about it. Verse 28, chapter 28, verse 3 through 7, it says, Meanwhile, Samuel had died. All of Israel mourned for him. He was buried in Ramah, his hometown. Watch this. And Saul had banned from the land of Israel all mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead. He did that because God forbid them to do that. It was abomination to consult the spirit or to be a medium. The Philistines set up their camp at Shunem. Saul gathered all the army of Israel, camped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the vast Philistine army, he became frantic with fear. He asked the Lord what he should do, but the Lord refused to answer him, either by dreams or sacred lots or by the prophets. 
Why was that? Because he had lost the blessings of God. He had walked away from God. Now look what Saul does. Saul then said to his advisors, find a woman who is a medium. So I can ask, go and ask her what to do. His advisors replied, there is a medium, an indoor, a witch, a medium. The very thing he forbid, the very thing he banned in his kingdom, out of obedience to God, now he's walking in direct disobedience to God. Why? Because he's lost the blessings of God. And here's the sad thing of it. He's still in covenant relationship because of Abraham. He still has the calling of God upon his life, but he's lost the blessing. It is a terrible thing. A frustrating thing to have the gifts and callings of God that are without repentance. They don't stop. And yet lose the blessings of God because of sin. Because of disobedience. And the blessings provide the opportunity to use that gift. You know, preachers do that today. Leaders do that today. They have the calling of God upon their life. The anointing of God upon their life. But they squander the blessings of God. And just as an illustration, in one way you could say the blessings of God are like an umbrella. Now, I know they say you're not supposed to open this inside a building, but I don't believe in superstition. But you think about it. The blessings of God are like an umbrella. The enemy is in this world seeking to rob, kill, and destroy He's always looking for opportunities. And the blessings of God protect us and provide for us and give us favor. But guess what I can do? I can move outside of or out from underneath the blessings of God. And now I'm under the assault of the enemy. Now the enemy can... Zero in on me. Now, it's not a perfect situation. You know, you say, well, I enjoy the blessings of God. Does that mean nothing bad is going to happen? No, that's not what it means. But I want to tell you, we're 100% better off under the blessings of God than we are outside of the blessings of God. We need to appreciate the covenant blessings we have. We have better blessings than they did under the Abrahamic covenant. We have the blood of Jesus who cut a better, stronger, more powerful covenant with God himself. And now we enjoy those covenant blessings. But the same thing is true. Now, this is what I've noticed. People confuse God's love with his blessings. Understand this. His love is unconditional. Everybody with me when I say that? How do we know that? God so loved the world that he gave us his only son. It says Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. So while we were sinners, when we don't deserve anything, he loves us. Why does he love us? Unconditionally. Why? Because we are made in his image. We are his children. We belong to him. He loves us. Just like when you have children, they mess up. They make mistakes. They do terrible thing. We still love them. But here's the problem. 
the covenant blessings that come with that relationship, you can walk outside of those. And parents have to make this terrible choice sometimes. When your kids are making terrible choices and you stop wanting to give them protection and provision and favor because they've walked outside of God's ways. Again, His love is unconditional, but His blessings, they are conditional. As a, fact, as a matter, the nation of Israel, they were told in Deuteronomy 28, If you will walk in my ways, I will bless you. And he lists all of the blessings of God. They're amazing. But then he followed up and said, But if you walk away from me and you start serving false gods, he didn't just take away the blessings. He spoke the curses that would come upon them if they walked away from God. And when I look at the life of King Saul, I'm reminded that we can walk away from the blessings of God. And I want to make a further statement. When God removes His blessings, when we walk in disobedience, we walk in sin, we make that choice, and as a result, God removes His blessings, Him removing His blessings is the love of God. You know, everybody gets this idea that love is this ooey-gooey thing that says, accept everything. And love everybody no matter what. And somehow we're supposed to accept sin because we love them. I can love someone, but I can also, at the same time, disapprove of their choices. We have to be able to do that. God does that. And so, today... I felt the Spirit of the Lord speak to my heart and say to talk to us, to talk to you about how can we walk in the blessings of God. And I don't know about you, but I would like to walk in the blessings of God this year. And here's the amazing thing. Walking in and under the blessings of God supersede everything else. No matter who is president, We are blessed by the blessings of God. Be careful. I remember eight years ago, everybody put their hopes and dreams in the president and were disappointed. Don't do the same thing here. Don't put all your hopes and dreams in a president. Our hope is in him. Our love is in him, not in a political thing or a political uh, situation. Our hope is the Lord. So that no matter who is president, no matter who is king, we still serve God. And God is the one who provides our blessings. And so what we want to do is we want to look at how can we walk in the blessings of God. The very first thing the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, we have to be willing to take a spiritual inventory. Say the word spiritual inventory. Everybody understand that terminology. Take a spiritual inventory. What that means is you have to be willing to look at your heart and be open and honest about your heart. 
You have to be willing to check your heart and see the good, but also see the bad. You have to own up to your failures and see the good things that have happened. That's a spiritual inventory. The good things that have happened. That, that's a, an exciting thing to do. But a spiritual inventory is on both sides. You have to be able to look at the failures, the mistakes, the things that you could have done differently. I want to read a passage of Scripture to you. It's probably one of the most uh, sobering Scriptures in all of Scripture. It's in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. Jesus is talking, and he says this. He says, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. And the reason it's so sobering is that it is a picture of people who have never been willing to take a spiritual inventory. They've never been honest with themselves. There are some people, and I've met them, you probably met them, who they live their whole life fooling, not only working hard to fool everybody else, but fooling themselves. Just the pretense. As long as it looks good on the outside, that's all they're interested in. As long as they have the pretense of being spiritual and fooling everybody that it looks spiritual and sounds spiritual... They're okay. But you see, it takes a relationship. And that's why Jesus said, I never knew you. There's no relationship. You're doing a lot of things, but there's no relationship. And you see, when you take a spiritual inventory, yes, you look at the good things, the right choices you've made, how God has used you. I got an interesting phone call yesterday. We just sat down for lunch, and I got a phone call um, from an old friend that Vicky and I met. He and his wife, his name was Wright Friday, uh, just, just started out the church here uh, 37 years ago. And we were traveling around doing revivals, speaking different places. And uh, we had done that when we came here. And uh, I can't remember if it was right before we came here or right after we came here, but we went to a place called Campwood, Texas, and a little church in the middle of nowhere. And I preached my heart out, shared principles of the kingdom. And it touched the life of this man named Wright Friday. And... One thing led to another. We kept in uh, friendship. He owned 7,000 acres in South Texas. I used to go hunt at his place. Wonderful place till it got leased up and I couldn't go back. But we've remained friends. Great guy. And several years back, he stopped ranching and he went full-time ministry in doing mission work. And he started what's called Christian Missions Christian action missions. Uh, And they reach out all over the world. 
And now they're not only are they have ministries and missions all over the world, but they're doing a tremendous outreach in America for the youth of America, literally reaching hundreds of thousands of young people across America. And he called yesterday and he said, Brother Renee, he said, I was sitting here reading the letter of support. We support them as a church, one of many ministries that we support. And he said, I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to call you and tell you thank you for impacting my life. Because in you impacting my life, now I in turn am impacting thousands and thousands of people's lives. And he said, if you had not done that, then my life would not be the same. And I thought, how many people we touch that we never know about? How many people you touch just by saying the right word, the right thing? You have no idea the lives that you are impacting. He said, Renee, he said, someday you and I are going to be in heaven. And he said, we're going to be at that banquet table. And he said, thousands of people are going to come and say thank you that you've never met before. But they came into the kingdom of God because you reached out and touched me. And I, in turn, have reached out and touched others. And I thought that's the same principle that goes on in your life, too. You impact the lives of other people. And then they, in turn, impact the lives of other people. And people will be reached that you will never know about. Lives will be changed you'll never know about. But you have to be willing on a regular basis. And I I thought, hey, what better day than the first day of the year to take a spiritual inventory? And when you do that, you say, Lord, are there some things I need to do differently this year? Have you been diligent in studying God's Word? Simple plan to study God's Word in a year? Read one book from the Old Testament, one, uh, ch- one chapter from the Old Testament, one chapter from the New Testament, and then one Proverbs every day. And if you do that, you'll read through the entire Bible in a year. Simple plan. There are hundreds of plans out there as far as reading the Word of God, but include the Word of God in, in your decision to take a spiritual inventory. We need the Word of God. And if there's some things in your life that are hindering you, pulling you back, as it talks about, let us lay aside every weight that so easily besets us. God shows you some weights that are pulling you back that you need to let go of. I want to encourage you to do that today. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you that opportunity near the end of the service to do that spiritual inventory. The second thing I want to talk to you about, and that is not only... You do a spiritual inventory, but you make a decision to walk in God's ways. Make a decision to walk in God's ways. You see, if we're going to enjoy the blessings of God, you need to walk in His ways. Remember what we said at the very beginning? And that is the blessings of God are conditional. The love of God is unconditional, but the blessings of God are conditional. We need to walk in God's ways. I need to stay under the umbrella of God. I want to enjoy the blessings of God in my life. But I cannot walk out there and live a life of sin and still expect the blessings of God. It just won't happen. 
We just need to be honest with ourselves and realize that. A verse so powerful. I love this passage. It's in Romans 12. Excuse me, Romans 13, verse uh, 12 through 14. Look at this passage. I love this. It says, the night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here, so remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes. (laughs) I love that. And then once you remove those dark deeds, those wrong actions, that sin, those wrong choices, what do you do? You put on the shining armor of what? Right living. Armor gives the idea of protection. Put on the protection of right living. You want to be walking in the protection and blessing of God, that protection of God, that umbrella. Right living will help you. Verse 13, because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. And don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness. Or in the sexual promiscuity or immoral living. Or quarreling and jealousy. Instead, in other words, you get rid of that stuff. Instead, what do you do? Clothe yourself, I love this, with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. So, you notice how he ended that passage up. You got rid of things on the outside, but then you even need to get this area up here. Think. Get rid of the thing that you think about that are immoral. Because here's the problem. If you entertain thinking of immoral living, you will act upon what you think. You may say, oh, hey, I haven't done anything wrong. I'm just thinking about it. Well, eventually you will. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's why Jesus warned them. He said, if you have lust in your heart, you've already committed it. So take that spiritual inventory, but make a decision today. If we're going to enjoy the blessings of God, make a decision to say, Lord, I want to live right. I want to do the right thing. And I'm not going to stand up here and give you a, the ultimate list of do's and don'ts. And the reason I'm not is because if you're a born-again Christian, you have the Holy Spirit who lives within you. And that Holy Spirit, if He really lives within you, that Holy Spirit will show you and speak to you about what is right and what is wrong. He will. Now, here's the problem. Today, it is fashionable to look for a type of relationship with God that allows you to do whatever you want to do. I guess you could say they want a comfortable cross. They want a cross that doesn't cost. They want a gospel that doesn't cramp their lifestyle. They want to be able to shack up. And still say, I'm a Christian. They want to be able to do what they want to do and somehow say, I believe that God is a God of love and forgiveness and mercy, which he is. And then they somehow come to the conclusion that God is going to overlook all that. And here's the thing. He loves you. 
He cares for you. Even when you sin, He loves you and He cares for you. But you cannot live a life trying to figure out how much sin you can get away with and live a holy life. You just can't do it. You have to have that heart that says, Lord, I want to do the right thing. Now, when your kids are growing up, you have rules, right? You, you give your children rules. Don't do this, do this. Don't go this way, don't go that way. That, that's normal. Your parents, that's what you should do. But when they get to a certain age, it's going to be the Holy Spirit in them. And you've taught them, and they're going to have to make right choices. And they will enjoy the blessings of right decisions or the loss of blessings by the wrong decisions. They will use the umbrella or throw it away. But when you throw the umbrella away, don't complain because it's raining. Don't complain that all kinds of things are happening when you've thrown the umbrella away. You can't have it both ways. If we're going to enjoy the blessings of God, and, and that is what the Spirit of the Lord has spoken to my heart, is encourage the people to walk in the covenant blessings of God. It is yours by right of a covenant. If you are born again, if you've given your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, you are in covenant with Almighty God by the precious blood of Jesus, and you have a covenant blessing relationship with God. Through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you have to maintain that. And that is not salvation by works, by the way. You initiate the relationship by faith. Only by faith. You cannot earn it. So you receive that relationship by faith in Jesus Christ. And week after week, week after week... We have invited people to come down and give their heart and their life to Jesus Christ and become born again. That does not cost. It is a free gift of salvation. It was bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus. But once you have that relationship, we all have a responsibility to walk in that relationship and walk in His ways. And desire to do the right thing. And to love Him with our whole heart. It is our desire to want to do the right thing. And so that's why I want to encourage you today. Make that decision of all days. What a great time. What a great day. First day of the year. I love it that Sunday fell on the first day of the year. Make the decision today to say, you know, I made some mistakes I've made some, I've had problems, I've done some things. And maybe, maybe, you know, if you're sitting there saying, boy, I'm not involved in any kind of sexual sin. I'm not, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. Well, if you notice, it also talks about, uh, bitterness, resentment, anger, jealousy. That's actually what God saw. So don't pat yourself on the back because you say, my sin is better than everybody else's sin. No. Sin is sin. Wrong is wrong. And our hearts 
need to be one that says, Lord, I want to do the right thing. In every area, in any area, I want to do the right thing. Just a couple of passages. Psalms 1, verse 1 and 2. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Blessed. He's talking about the blessings of God. You bless when you make a decision not to walk with the wrong people. But they delight, instead of walking with sinners, they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating in it day and night. You see what a difference. One is you love to associate with people who are always, I want to call it, right on the edge of doing the wrong thing. And you say, well, I'm not doing the wrong thing yet. Yeah, but you sure love to be around those who talk about it and think about it and meditate on it and, and discuss it. And you, you've got to make a decision. I don't want to, and we're not talking about trying to be so holy that you don't want to be around anybody who's a sinner. The truth of it is, is we're all sinners. We all fall. We all mess up. But you know what I'm talking about. If you associate and have your friends to be people who hate God and walk contrary to His way, that's going to influence you. And our decisions make a difference in our walk. Our friends make a difference in the way we will walk. And don't fool yourself by thinking, oh, I can have ungodly friends and it doesn't influence me. No, that's not true. They will affect you. Make a decision. I don't know about you, but I want godly friends. I want friends that love God. I want friends that, uh, that love Him and, and desire to do the right thing. And the last thing I want to talk to you about, and that is make a decision today to start the new year as a new creation. How many of you believe you're a new creation? Now, if you don't always feel like a new creation, right? <laughs> Sometimes we kind of feel like an old creation. You know, I, I thought about when I was young, New Year's Eve, you know, you want to stay up. Well, last night I wanted to go to bed. There wasn't any way I was staying up to 12 o'clock. Nine o'clock, and it was all over, except for the fireworks. You know, I remember parents used to make you go to bed at nine o'clock, no wild parties, uh, can't go out. Well, your, your childhood punishments have become your adult dreams. <laughs> now, I don't want to go to any parties. I don't want to go out, and I want to go to bed at 9 o'clock. Make a decision. Make a decision to start the new year right. Second Corinthians 5.17 on the front of your bulletin, we're le- reading in the new, new Living, it says this. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. I love it. And when I say make a decision to be a new creation in Christ, it means I believe that old person is dead He's gone. He's buried. I've done away with that old person. 
And if he tries to resurrect through the year, I'm going to make sure he stays dead by my choices. I'm a new creation in Christ. Say that with me. I am a new creation in Christ. That's the truth. And you're that way not because you're perfect, but because it's a choice to walk in his ways. It's a choice to walk in his ways. I'm a new creation in Christ. To me, it's one of the most amazing things is that at every point in our life, we can make the decision to become a new creation. You can turn around at any point. I don't care where you are today, spiritually, you can make the decision today to start over. I don't care where you've been, what you've been through, what you've done, you can start today all over again. Lamentations chapter 3, familiar verse, familiar passage says this, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies, they never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in Him. His mercy is new this morning. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, no matter what decisions you've made, you can start over. If you're here today and you've never been born again, you can be born again and become a brand new person in Christ. You can have that covenant relationship by being born again. If you are born again today, you can start over again. You can start over again. I'm going to ask you just to bow your head just for a moment. Lord, your call today is for us to take a spiritual inventory, to be honest with ourselves about some things that we need to change, things we need to do differently. You challenged us to make the decision to begin anew. You challenge us to walk in your ways. We want to enjoy your blessings. We need to walk in your ways, Lord. I understand that. You love us. You care for us. You want the best for us. And Lord, I pray that every person in this room would make that decision today. They would make that decision today to choose to walk in your ways. Thank you, Lord, for your great mercy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, if you look at your bulletin, I mean, if you got a bulletin today, if you look at your bulletin and you look at your handout, on the back of that handout, look at the back of the handout, what does it say? It should say spiritual inventory. I'm going to give you just a few moments. Pray and say, Lord, what are some things you want me to do differently this year? If you don't have a pen, kind of don't steal from your neighbor, but borrow from your neighbor.
just consider thing. You know, if you don't have that or you didn't get it, it's okay. Just make a decision in your heart. Decisions, things you want to do differently. Things that the Holy Spirit is saying, this is an area that you need to change. This is an area you need to work on. Holy Spirit, I ask you to speak to us today. There are areas where we need to take spiritual inventory of our life. Help us, Lord, to know your ways, to know your heart. Thank you, Father. Give us the courage to be honest with ourselves. Lord, I pray that we would not be the individual that you talked about in Matthew 7 that did a lot of things on the outside, but at the very end, at Judgment Day, you said to them you didn't know them. Lord, pray that person would not be someone in this room. Pray we would be willing to look at ourselves honestly and take that spiritual inventory and make decision to walk in your ways. I know it is your desire and your plan your love for us that you want us to walk in your blessings help us not to squander those blessings Lord thank you Father while some of you are writing and thinking about it I want to say this, if you're here today and you've never been born again, then that means that you're not in covenant relationship, but you can be in covenant relationship by being born again. It means surrendering your heart to him and making him Lord of your life. You believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. It's amazingly easy. But it costs you being willing to give up yourself and your way and say, Lord, I want you to be Lord of my life. So while people are filling that out, is there anyone? And I know it might be a little difficult, a little. um, But if you want to be born again, I would just like to invite you. Come down. Stand right here in front of me. I want to pray with you. Anybody? Anyone? Anyone? Yes. Thank you, young lady. Anybody else? Takes a lot of courage, but again, this is the greatest gift that you can receive. And just like last week, first, you know, when we had Christmas, to be born again, but what a great time to give your heart to Jesus, first day of the year. Anybody? join this young lady and say yes I want to have that covenant relationship with God you can have it it's a free gift but you have to be willing to surrender to his lordship anybody anyone anyone
Anybody else out there, if you want to pray with me, as I pray with her, I invite you to pray out loud. Won't you stand to your feet? Just pray out loud with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. I give my heart to you, Lord. I accept you as Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I am born again by the Spirit of God. Fill me with the Holy Spirit right now. Give me a new heart, a new mind, a new spirit in the name of Jesus. I will never be the same. You will never leave me. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I am a new creation in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Those are tears of joy. I know. Miss Nadine's going to talk to you. I would like to do this. I'd like to. Remember, we talked about two kinds of blessings covenant blessings, but also transferred blessings. If you don't mind, some people are leaving, they're going to miss out. <laughs> I'd like to just speak the transferred, imputed blessings of God upon your life as your pastor. Heavenly Father, I speak the blessings of God upon your people. May they be blessed coming in and going out. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Let His face of glory and majesty shine upon you. Let the provision of God be in your life. Let the protection of God be in your life. Let the favor of God be upon your life. And I thank you, Lord, that you would bless them coming in and going out. Bless them financially. Bless their children. Bless their grandchildren. Lord, we speak and transfer transfer and impute the blessings of God upon your people. Thank you, Lord, that we this year will walk in the blessings of God. No matter what happens in this world, we choose to walk in your blessings because of the covenant we have with Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. In Jesus' name, all the people of God said amen. Amen. I love you. See you next week in the name of Jesus, our Wednesday night. Amen.